and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm a mutant survivor of the apocalypse. And with us today, we have a special guest. This is Spiro Strakatos. Um, how are you doing today, Spiros? I'm great. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy yeah. to have you. Yeah. So so you're here today uh, talking about a project that's funding. I don't... Is it... I guess it's technically Zine Quest. I mean, it is Zine Quest. It, yeah, it has a little Zine Quest. They are Zines. Um, uh, for the Notice 2 Zine for Dim Day Red, uh, the first um, actually funded... It was about a year ago, right? Yep. It was last year's Zine Quest. Yeah. Oh, cool. And... Uh, this one's already passed that one as far as number of backers and money and everything. So congratulations on funding what in like one hour, 200% in under an hour on this project. Yes. Uh, it, it was more prepared at that time because last year what happened that it was, I was working on Dim Day Red on, on a bigger, you know, game with the boxed version. I, I had no, real uh, idea or view to create a, a zine or anything. So a friend came to the studio and he told me, a zine quest is coming. And what don't, why don't you create a, a zine for Dim Red and, you know, check stuff because I hadn't published anything until then. And uh, it was the, the best idea ever. Uh, it, it was really useful because I, I, I got the chance to try stuff and see how the whole thing worked instead of working full time to create a finished product. But uh, the, um, uh, the funny thing was that this conversation happened about a week before Zinquest. <laughs> so I had no preparation. Nobody knew that uh, I was coming. Nobody knew almost anything about the game. So uh, it was really uh, cool that the, it came out and uh, people uh, saw it and got their attention. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we talked about it a little bit before the stream that it looks absolutely gorgeous. The fact that you're telling me that you, you with like a week's notice, you put out the quality product of like what the first Kickstarter was is crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I'm, I'm cheating a bit here because that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm a designer. That, that's my job. Uh, I, I have been paid for many years to take other people's stuff and make them pretty and, and sell them. You know. Uh, so when I when I decided to, to work on that project, the only easy thing for me was to make it in a way. Not, not only that it would be beautiful and, and you know pretty, but in a way that it would attract people's attention in the way I wanted I wanted them to connect with that. You know? So yeah, yeah, that, that's the easy part. Every other part in this, uh, and especially the outgoing um, thing that you have to be you know out there and people know you, that's the hard the hard part for me because. I'm not very outgoing, um, uh, but you know you you have to be, and uh, I'm I'm trying. Yeah, it definitely is. Does seem like it's part of like the job. But before we get any deeper, can you? What is Dim Day Red? Okay, Dim Day Red is it's my baby. <laughs> so first, first of anything, Dim Day Red is my baby. So um, it's a. Uh, 
uh, actually an idea I had about three years ago. Dimdered uh, uh, was created during the, the first lockdown in, in the pandemic, where mm -hmm. we were all sitting in our homes and we, we had not much to do. So yeah, I, I did that. And um, the, the main thing about uh, DimDared, before it became a tabletop RPG, before it became any other kind of application, like the comic or a mobile game that I'm making right, right now on, on the story, um, the first thing it was, it was an idea of what would happen if the world ended in 52 years. What, what would we do? if the, the world would end, and we knew that. Okay, so uh, on, on that concept, on that premise, I, uh, I based the, the whole setting and the whole world. And uh, the, the idea is that sometimes people come to me, uh, first of all, um, uh, the, the main uh, setting in Dim Day Red is that Earth has fallen off its orbit and it's going towards the sun. So it's getting hotter and hotter, and in 52 years, it will be so close to the sun that uh, it will be so hot that everything will burn, everybody will die. And they can't leave the planet because solar storms and magnetic fields have fried or all their electronics. So they have machines, but they don't have computers, so they, they can't make spaceships and just go. They have to stick there and, and wait for it. Okay, so the idea is what would the world society people would do in a setting like that? So uh, many times, not too few, uh, people come to me in shows and, and other, other places when I show the, the game, and uh, they tell me, oh, it's too bleak, everybody will die, no hope, uh, <laughs> it's too dark for me and all that. And uh, what I tell them, it's really funny for me, I, I really enjoy that. Um, which is the, the real concept behind the, the whole thing, is that as adults, all of us, more or less, take five, take ten, doesn't matter, we will die in 50-something years, okay? And we know that. We know that we're going to die. We, we are going to a, a certain end. But we don't just say, okay, I will jump out the window, most of us or I will go and break uh, every car in the street or whatever. We leave that, you know, uh, time that we have and we make choices on what we will do with that. We will uh, work, we will fall in love, we will, I don't know, we will rebel if, if we feel to do that. So what if you take this premise that it's true for every person and you apply it to the whole world? What would the whole world do? And of course, uh, of course, uh, society and uh, social structures have crumbled because if you know that everything will end, you, you're not going to just you know go and um, vote and uh, and do stuff that you would do uh, normally. But um, even if society crumbles in, in a setting like that, what would the rich and and the powerful people do? They wouldn't say, most of them, so fuck it, uh, uh, sorry, 
Uh, just, oh, yeah. you know, feel, feel link- free to swear, by the way. I know I forgot to yeah, tell you that race. before, no. before stream, but absolutely, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they wouldn't say just, uh, you know, let uh, everything go. These are the people who will come and take the power, what, whatever power is left. So that's what has happened. Uh, and uh, new um, uh, coalitions have uh, been created. Um, another important um, uh, theme of this story is that because uh, of the heat, solar uh, uh, polarized have melted. So uh, the, most of the northern hemisphere is underwater, which is something that would, will really happen in a way. I have exaggerated a bit, but uh, I found some maps from uh, um, some research and uh, most of northern Europe will be underwater in, uh, in a situation like that. Mm. So what happens is that uh, the north has uh, moved to the south uh, and recolonized the south. So Europe now is in Africa. So uh, mm. again, are, again. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it is ruled by um, families. As, as it happens, of course, today, but today they are behind the scenes. Now they're you know, in front. Um, and we play in Neubon, which is the, the capital of Pan-Europa, the new Europe, which is um, uh, located where Cairo is today. And there is uh, in the story um, some mystic uh, theme about the pyramids and, and all that. There's, uh, there's an element of, uh, you know, the uh, spiritual and, and paranormal about that. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the setting specifically, because there's so much flavor in it, it's crazy, is kind of something you, you touched on a little bit, like behind the scenes versus in front of the scenes. Because if it sounds bleak and it sounds, you know, like a lot, it's just that, right? It's exactly what's happening right now. It's just it's now in front of your face, not behind the scenes. And so every as I was reading it and going through everything, I was like, oh, yeah, what would happen? Oh, exactly this. The rich would just be super rich, like society yeah. would crumble and, and become a caste system. And uh, the global north would once again colonize the global south. I mean, this is exactly what would happen um if this would happen so it i mean it's it's bleak in a sense but it's also i don't know a weirdly refreshing uh honesty that i really liked from it that uh yeah yeah, that's one thing i really enjoy when people come to me and and they tell me something like that which is that um it it feels real to Mm -hmm. me and I, i say that's exactly what i was going for you know something that's uh um, quite um, exaggerated, and you have mutants, and have you have machines, and you have makers, and all that. But in a way, uh, it, it has uh, connections that uh, feel real, real to us. And uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It yeah. is very, very honest in a certain way, um, and. The maps are incredible also, and uh, shout out the city-state of Dallas, um, because I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, but so, uh, beyond the game, there is a, a comic as well, right? Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, absolutely, go off on that. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> for me, Dim Red is not a game. 
it's it's a story. Um, so in, in that story, it's a concept. On, on that concept, I, uh, what I, I like to do, I'm, I'm this kind of guy who's, uh, as an artist, I, I was always, uh, you know, multidisciplinary kind of, you know, yeah. uh, creator. So uh, I was creating one thing and uh, my eye was on the next. So what's next? And all of that. So I knew that uh, when I started working on uh, Dim Day Red, I knew that if I w went for only one thing, I would be bored, um, as many uh, people like me do. Um, so I, I, I wanted and I tried to create uh, different touch points into the story. Um, so people who don't play, for, for example, tabletop RPGs can go into the story from from another way, from a comic or from a novel or from the the mobile game that's that's uh, under development. So yeah, yeah. And when I when I decided to to create the, the comic, of course, um, because I'm I'm that old, uh, <laughs> it had to be black and white, mm -hmm. and it had to be you know in in a kind of uh, 80s, uh, more European style, not, not so much, you know, the, the more American comics that, of course, we grew up with, but we're most used to, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is very visually, like, striking. It, it, it actually reminded me a little bit of uh, Sin City in some of the... Um, yeah, yeah. Panels, like not, because of the, of the black yeah. and white, yeah. Uh, yeah, the black, the very much the black and white. Um, so... For Dimity Red, you went with uh, a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Um, mm -hmm. What what drove you to choose that system over like another um, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. decision making? So, um, although I'm old, um, I, I'm not one of those people who grew up with uh, tabletop RPGs. I, I didn't play uh, Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s. Um, so, I didn't come into this uh, game with a lot of uh, experience and uh, a lot of um, ideas about mechanics and all that. So when I was researching about systems and which I, I, could, I could use, I, I uh, and I was reading the stuff that the guys from uh, that created uh, Powered by the Apocalypse uh, have written, and uh, I found a, a line that said that. You know, these are the rules. Uh, I think it was uh, in the apocalypse world. Uh, these are the rules, but you know, you don't have to follow the rules if, if you don't want. To. Just you know, make your own rules. These are these are not uh, just these are just guidelines. And I, I thought I like that because what I what I wanted to do is to intrigue people to come into this world and then mm -hmm. you know do what what you like. So this was the one thing I really liked uh, uh, from uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. Of course, other, other systems uh, are also free, but I, I, I found this line that I really liked. So, yeah, it, it uh, connected with me. And the other thing uh, for me, uh, for not being uh, this uh, very hardcore um, tabletop RPG, uh, you know, creator or player, the the part by the apocalypse with this system with the playbooks they have and the mm -hmm. moves and all that uh it reminds me of a, of a, of a video game 
you know, the, the way video games, video RPGs uh, yeah. work. And because I, oh, I have spent a lot of my life playing RPGs uh, <laughs> in various uh, uh, electronic uh, devices, um, this also connected with me. I found it really cool and interesting to, uh, you know, use the moves and then uh, uh, upgrade your character and, and gain new moves and, and all that. Um, and, and of course, I understand. I, I, I had it in mind then, and, uh, and the more experience I get from the, the, the area of uh, uh, tabletop RPGs, there are this there are people who are very interesting in mechanics and and things uh, you know how they work and to be balanced and all that uh, and uh, i understand that part by the apocalypse may not be uh, a system that uh, really speaks to these people um, but there are also uh, other groups not uh, small groups who don't uh, put so much weight on that and they they mm. care about more about uh, the story and the interaction and the role play and all that so yeah i, I made a decision and said okay I, i'm about storytelling these people are about storytelling so i, I will go you know with this yeah absolutely i do think there i i do really appreciate the like video gameness of powered by the apocalypse especially when it comes to earning new moves as you level up like that is one thing that i definitely very much love like yeah you get to like pick one of the list and i don't know i do yeah. appreciate that aspect um mm -hmm. and i can see there's a good modality for like really telling a narrative like that narrative mm -hmm. yeah i mean ppta is it's a it's it's definitely leans more into the like narrative story game side of tabletop role-playing games versus like you know, OSR, NSR games that have more of like the emergent narrative and things like that. Um, so it, it's interesting when you say that that's how you kind of approached it to begin with, that you went with, obviously you went with the system that would really lean into that, but also that you have this, like how you said, it feels a little video gamey and you're also doing this like kind of multi, um, like media approach where you are actually going to have like a mobile game and everything too. So it feels like it, there's a level of consistency through those things um, that uh, that'll help it all feel like super consistent. Was that um, was that kind of a thought behind it? And when you first um, were working with Dim Day Red, was there ever a thought to do a different system, or was PBTA like where you had settled on pretty early in the process? Yeah, yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, I, I did some. When I first uh, came with the idea and started working, I was going for a video game. That that was the first uh, first idea. Let's let's create a video game. But then, um, because my my older son, he he has spent his youth uh, playing D and D and other games like that. So he gave me a lot of input and a lot of ideas of how this would work as a, as a concept, how it would work as a tabletop game. And then I started um, looking into it. And the thing that uh, intrigued me most of, uh, of uh, all was that um, I, I really, when I see movies, and uh, I read uh, books or, or comics or whatever. This, I, I'm one of these people that the thing that uh, intrigues me more, that uh, interests me more, is 
the world building. I love world building. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care what will happen. Uh, just, you know, show me what <laughs> happens in this world. Which uh, I understand, of course, that for many people, if not most, um, it's the opposite. People don't care too much about the world building, that they care about the story, what, what will happen to the characters and, and all that. But I, I, I'm not like that, for better or worse. So um, I really love the idea with the tabletop RPG that I could create the world, that, a, a thing that I really love doing, and then I, I could give it to people and say, okay, this is the world. Do do what you want. Create your own story, you know? I, I don't care what what will happen. Um, so, yeah. So, within the system, because it is pretty... I mean, it's it's pretty PBTA consistently through um, as far as, you know, when you look at things like Apocalypse World or... or um, I'm not, not Blades. It's definitely not leaning into Forge. But there are a couple of differences in things that you change. So, like, they're, they're D8s instead of D6s. Um, and then you also added something that's on your shirt there, too, is the the, the sins and... and um, uh, and virtues like the yeah so what um what what are what was the reason to switch to a d8 and what made you want to add in the like the tenant dice and the sin and the the sins and virtues and things okay uh as uh, uh as i was uh saying the uh, the main concept of uh is for me at least is quite existential you know life death and all that so my approach to to um to the game uh, it's, it, it has a lot to do with the human psyche. Uh, what what the, the, sto- the, the question that Dimdera uh, uh, sets is, what would you do if the world ended in 52 years? That's the mm-hmm. question. Um, so each of us would choose differently. Somebody would go to the mountains and become, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, somebody else would uh, rebel and uh, do stuff. Somebody else would uh, take their uh, partner and go uh, have, uh, you know, live their love, whatever. So the decisions we make come from inside, from our psyche, I don't know, from our character and all that. And for me, that was, uh, that's an important uh, factor of how we, we uh, make choices. And uh, uh, what our choice, how our choices define us. So this was the, the main idea to create the, the Moribus cards, which are uh, in, in uh, uh, practice, they are traits of the, of the character, uh, different traits of the human character. And these, um, depending of, of how you choose them, will lead you to one or more of the seven deadly sins or the seven heavenly virtues. Because at the end, these uh, seven and seven are supposed to be the, you know, the pillars of the, the human psyche, either good or bad. So th- that's, that was the idea behind why, why have this system. Okay. And um, the idea why have cards uh, except from, uh, I always like cards, <laughs> and I, I want to create uh, cards for my game, uh, is that, and I, I, an idea I find it interesting is that as people, we make choices. and uh, But many times, if not most, um, luck 
the factor of luck comes into our decisions and you know makes them more complicated or the outcome is not what we wanted so by using the cards i i uh, put the element of luck inside this whole idea so you can choose um, which uh, kind of which trait you will take you will use from 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 the deck but you choose it by choosing three cards in random so the element of luck um, and all this you know comes together and because there are seven scenes and seven virtues i used the eight-sided dice to have the seven um, and the eight is zero um, so that connects uh, with, the, with the seven like a, a magic number that uh, comes again in in the game and because I didn't like, uh, I didn't really like the way the seven-sided dice look and work. I I use the eight uh, and use the, the zero as eight. That, that was yeah. a good decision, I think. <laughs> yeah, the seven-sided dice. They, I mean, it could be DCC, and you could have like fifty different dice. Um, but I, I definitely think you made a, a good call on that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really like the throughput all the way through, like you said, of the, um, I mean, like, clearly you have, like, you're an artist, you have this artistic vision that is really shines through um, and shines through the consistency. And like you said, this this level of, um, uh, like you said, existentialism uh, really comes through throughout the story, throughout the mechanics, throughout the way the characters work, it, like, through the dice and everything. So it's really nice to see um, like that level of like artistry and elegance that has gone through not just, you know, the project last year, the project this year, and the through lines through that are that are really, really beautiful. So Yeah, yeah. Well when I when I first first started working on, on Dinderet, um, first of all, what I wanted to do was to manage to make it my main thing. To, to live from that, you know, not just mm. work on it as a hobby. Um, I have a, a design studio here in Greece. M most of uh, my time I, I, until now have been working on projects uh, and design projects for clients and stuff, which was okay for 25 years. But <laughs> uh, at some point I, I thought uh, I, I, would, uh, I wanted to do something, you know, for myself. So when I when I uh, set to to make this thing work not as a side project not as, as a hobby but as as a main um, job, uh, one thing I, I always had in mind was that I've been well, as I said I've been playing uh, uh, video games many many years, mm -hmm. but what I noticed was that in later years. And even as games became better, more attractive, more interesting, because I always liked to play games that had the story were story driven, not so much, you know, um, shooters and that. Um, I would play something, I would really, really enjoy it, and, and then in a, in a couple of months, I don't know, uh, in some weeks, I, I, would have, I would have forgotten all about it. I, 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 I wouldn't remember, and I really like that thing. So when I started to make my own game, I, I, I thought, okay, 
so fucking what? You're gonna create a game, you know? Who cares? It's just another game. It, it's, it may be beautiful, maybe super fantastic, but you know, there are so many others. So why yours? Why, why is this, will this thing matter? So you can uh, not only just make it and say, okay, I made it, uh, you know, enjoy. But you, you, go, you want to keep working on that. And, and that's why every move I make, it's not just to, okay, say, I make uh, just um, another game. I, I, and that's why I, I put so much effort and attention to the world <clears throat> and how this uh, connects with people. Um, I, I think <clears throat> it's, it may not be very original, but I have um, in my mind the example of uh, what, uh, um, I don't remember his first name, Kirkman, who made The Walking Dead. The, the guy who made Walking Dead. Oh, like the, guy the original walked, comic? Yeah. Oh, I have, I could, I know what you're talking about, but I couldn't tell you his name if, if, if okay. it goes from His him. last name is, is Kirkman. I, I don't remember his first. It's, anyway. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Yeah, yeah, Robert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> so I, I had this in mind because this guy, what, what he did um, really, what, what did he do actually? He just made a story about zombies, so fucking what? But it, it drew people in, you know? And it drew people that had no real uh, um, experience or connection with zombies before. Because he, he managed, you know, in a way from the comics even uh, to, to create this interesting dynamic between the characters and all that. So I had that as a good example for what I'm trying to do. How can you create a setting that's so intriguing and uh, interesting and relatable or whatever for its person is, exciting, uh, that they want to come in and, f and discover stuff about that. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it hitting it from why your game and why people keep going the fact that you do have the comic you have the mobile game you have the original one but not only that because the kickstarter you're doing right now isn't um it's notice two so you are actually breaking up the the main city right newborn into five kind of areas or, or districts to talk about and the first one was in the first Kickstarter a year ago, and this is actually for, this Kickstarter you're doing right now is for the second one, correct? Yep, yep. First, the first, first of all, these are the five districts of the center. The center is an area, it's a big area uh, in Neubon, which is uh, encircled by a huge wall. And inside that wall, the, uh, the uh, lower castes have to, uh, have to leave, they, they're not permitted to leave. Uh, the wall, the center. And this is a, a kind of the opposite of what happens uh, usually in stories and in history where the rich people are inside the wall. Uh, so the poor people are inside the wall and they, they have to, they don't have the freedom to just leave. So they have to, to be in there. I, I was always a fan uh, of uh, Kafkaesque 
stories where the system is so powerful that you have no hope against it. Uh, uh, one of my favorite movies is um, Brazil, if you remember it. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, the, the idea is that, that at the end the hero uh, wins and takes the girl and uh, he flies uh, free and all that. But of course, nothing of that is true because he's still in, in, in there, stuck in, in the system. But what's really important for me is how we have freedom inside of us. You know, you, you can be really uh, pressed or uh, really um, uh, caged, literally or not. But if you're free inside, or if you're free with somebody else and you, together you, you, you create something, uh, at the end, that's, that's uh, for me, that's you know, uh, something important. So anyway, that, that's the setting in, in the center. Um, so the center has five districts. And um, even if all the outcasts are uh, locked in, in there, even in, in that setting, there are those who have less and those who have nothing. Uh, even in that setting, there are people who are bigots and they're racist because they look down at the, the lower people uh, than them, uh, which is something that actually, again, happens in, in society, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There are people who are not rich, who are not, uh, you know, who who are de uh, depressed by the system, and again they look down to other people because they they believe they are lesser <laughs> people than them. So yeah, that, that's uh, humanity for you. Um, and um, uh, last year's scene was about Faust district uh, because uh, Neubon is ruled by um, a German family, the Diedrichs. Um, there's, there's a lot of German element in the names and uh, in, in uh, the culture and, and stuff. Um, so uh, Faust district was last year, which is a relatively um, wealthier, although they have nothing, but they're wealthier than Fles district, which is this year's, which are, um, really uh, downgraded. Um, in this year's uh, zine, um, I don't know if you saw it in, in the campaign, there's uh, an unfolding map on the cover of the zine. I really enjoyed that. It's, uh, it's um, a Hotspook uh, uh, slam. It's a vertical slam that goes up like a tower. And there are um, about 59 rooms in that map. And in each room, it's a different story and different NPCs. So, and, and each of them have, have their own kind of, you know, misery or story or, or something that happens to them that you're gonna find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was? Um, I, I love the I love the fact that there's gonna be more content for this, and you have a. What sounds like potentially a five-year plan, even to just get through these, if you do it every year for Zine Quest, these five districts, um, you went with kind of like a, a more wealthy ruling class like area last time. Um, in the Kickstarter description, it says that Fleisch um, is like 
pretty much the most impoverished and perilous area. What was, um, have you planned out how you're going to drop those? And was there, um, was your thought to do kind of a more well-off area and then like the most impoverished area, like one after the other to kind of show the dichotomy or? Um, I, I, my idea was to, to, to mix them up. Uh, because uh, uh, Faust is it's kind of wealthy. It's not the wealthiest uh, because there is one district that members of the uh, of the upper class, the collars, uh, they live there because they have to run uh, the the uh, the system and and the services in, inside the center. So these people live in their own district, and this is the the wealthiest district. I, I will probably leave that for the end. Um, so uh, from the okay, so so uh, Faust, we went to the darker place this uh, this year, and probably next year, if not in the summer, because uh, I will probably start to um, speed this up, not, not to take five years to, to finish the whole thing. Um, uh, the next one will be Vermin, and Vermin it's a district that. Uh, People who live there are not really people. Uh, it's it's the darkest, uh, more downgraded part of, of the center. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I try to to mix them up so it's not it's not boring. It's not uh, uh, repetitive. Uh, so yeah. Gotcha. And, and I try it's it's district to have uh, something that's unique. Uh, I don't know if, if you if it caught your eye the um, the monojukes bloodsport because uh, you know I, of course I, I wanted to find uh, a bloodsport for this story and this setting and uh, because you know Thunderdome and all that had been done I didn't want to to do people who were fight just fighting and the whole racing thing so I, I got the idea of of jousting with uh, with monobikes, yeah. uh, so you you have this. Um, and what I'm doing this year is that because I'm I'm expanding last year's zine, which, which again appears in this campaign. Uh, zine uh, um, Nodus uh, two will have 68, 68 uh, pages. Last year Nodus one had twenty two. So I wanted to expand that. Uh, so it it, uh, it comes closer to to the second. So wh what I'm expanding it with is uh, the rules of monojukes, how how it plays. Um, so it will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking about the Kickstarter and and what's available on it. So when people go back this, which they absolutely should. Um, what can they actually expect to get specifically from um, from the Kickstarter? Like, what are what are your tiers? Um, what are and like what's available um, this year? Okay, my my idea from the start, and uh, I'm trying hard to achieve that. I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing it. Was to to create um, value for people who who uh, support this and uh, and. Uh, uh, honor my work with their time, you know, and money. So I, 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 from last year, I wanted to create stuff that that feels really wow. I'm really glad I, I got the, that, but they're not very expensive, you know. So uh, okay, if you pay, I don't know, 
150, $200, you're going to get something that's going to be great. Okay. But can you get something that's great with 70? I don't know. That, that was my idea. Um, so what I, I tried to do last year and this year again was to create something that uh, feels cool to have uh, and and it's not very uh, it's approachable, which is the the normal zin, uh, which is uh, a four size sixty eight pages color. Uh, it has the unfolding uh, cover that comes up and it's gold. It's gonna be gold printed on the cover and all that. So this this is the entry point. Of course, there are the digital files for the, all that, which are uh, of course cheaper. But uh, speaking of uh, actual physical products, it's the first scene. Uh, it's the, um, the zine, mm -hmm. and then this, the, the legacy version, which it's the two zines together. And they also uh, in the legacy people ca can get a collection of postcards. Uh, which are postcards from the slam, and uh, they have um, on one side they have uh, illustrations of various scenes uh, in, in uh, flesh. But in the back side, the idea is that there's a story. There's a story of the people who wrote that uh, uh, postcard and sent it to somebody else. So these oh. uh, postcards, yeah, can um, uh, function as. Uh, entry points for side stories or stuff that DM could uh, expand on and create and, you know, something like that. And then um, there's the uh, uh, the Luminary edition. The Luminaries are the highest uh, casts in, in the store. Um, and it has what uh, the uh, there has the two zines, the postcards, and it also has um, NPC cards. Because of course I wanted to make more cards, uh, but I, I had created all I needed about the, the mechanics of the game. So uh, this year I, I will make a, a deck of NPC characters. So you have uh, the character, the illustration of the character on one side, and their information on the back. And again, people can use them from the, for the stories. And uh, in the end, this, this is my pride and joy for this campaign. And uh, I'm happy because people uh, are, seem to be excited about it. It's the most popular um, back uh, tier in this uh, until now. Um, most people uh, has, uh, have backed that. And it's, um, how do I call it, the collector's edition, which has um, a scavenger box. It, it has yeah. a box that opens like a book, the, the, the lid, it opens like that. And then in, in that, you can put everything uh, from from this campaign and from the last, if and the previous, if, if uh, you back that. So, um, yeah. And uh, that uh, has also, yeah, we'll have, uh, another thing that I'm really excited, it's the, the pocket guide to the labs, which will be a, a mini book with about 200 pages of story and lore about the, what happens. The, the labs is the, the, the phenomenon that happened that uh, sent the, the Earth towards the sun. Uh, it was called the labs. So, yeah, it, it will have all that. And 
maybe you've seen it. For the first, uh, it was for 100 people, and then, okay, that went away. So now I have uh, 100 more. Uh, for the first uh, 200 uh, physical backers, there, there will be free dice. Nice. Um, yeah. You have some great peripherals on this project. Like the cards are great, the dice are great. I'm like, yeah, good. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what happens when you have a good designer on the team. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> And I mean, oh, the, the boxes, pe people love boxes. I'll tell you one thing. If it, the, if you're going to sell something to people that is in TTRPGs, a box is definitely going to be one of them. So I'm not surprised at all that the uh, the scavenger box is the most popular one. Um, it looks gorgeous, but yeah. being able to actually store your books and not having to have them like all out is, is wonderful. I think I have like 18 boxes back here to try to store it all yeah. or a fraction of it but uh yeah the box is gorgeous like he said everything beginning to end last year and this year is absolutely gorgeous i did notice that um you this is just for for like notice one notice two like the new stuff but you don't have the um dinde red like the quick start game or any of the stuff from last year on this kickstarter so is that stuff still available for people and where can they find that okay um from last year um, I, I, I don't have the comic in this um, uh, as an add-on, uh, and I don't have the map of No Bone that was uh, available last year. But um, the Tenet and uh, Moribus cards are um, are available as add-ons uh, because I'm going to reprint them. I'm going to use gold um, uh, ink for the Tenets and, and silver. Uh, looks really cool yeah um I, so what i haven't done and i don't think i'm gonna do um around this time is to reprint the quick start because um the quick start it's it's it keeps being updated i add stuff to it uh, quite often so to print it and then people have to, you know, buy it and then go to check what's new on the PDF that I just uploaded, it's not very practical. So that's, uh, that's not available, uh, but it is available in a way in, in the website, in Dim Day's Red's website, um, so one can buy last year's collectors, which is this. Uh, and nice. in that, there is a, a copy of the original Quick Start. It's not very useful because it has, yeah, practically because it has been up, up, updated, but it's, you know, collectible because it was the first uh, version right. that was printed <laughs> in a way. So when yeah. I close, when I close the, uh, uh, the deal with Netflix for the, the series, you know, it, it will be yeah. worth it. Well, I mean, and even even the uh, even when it comes in, like that that envelope or that big the the thing that that comes in is gorgeous too. Like, there's not a part of this project that isn't designed to the nines, and it, it's beautiful. It's it's great to see. Like uh, the the like I said, the consistency and the love and the artistry mm -hmm. really shines in every part of this. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, sometimes sometimes uh, you know designers they because they love design and they love to design stuff we we create stuff just just to please ourselves you know just to to say oh look i i created this isn't this beautiful 
But uh, because I, I know that uh, um, sometimes we do that, what I try to do uh, very consciously is whatever I design on, on this uh, game, to have some kind of uh, connection, some kind of reason why it exists. For example, this, um, this is a, an envelope that uh, it supposedly um, uh, in, uh, has in it a, a report that a superintendent of uh, Fouch district has created for the people to uh, pass into her, her superiors. So you have here um, this uh, waxy seal thing that I, I made, uh, it's, it, it's supposed to be um, about the fourth echelon, which is the highest rank of uh, the luminaries. So everything that's there, it's not just there to say, ah, oh, that's cool, it's there to to be part of of the story That's right tie-in yeah 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 but i mean it can also still be cool too which is which is great so yeah so um yeah. so the kickstarter is still going on right now it's still got over two weeks left um in yeah. in dollars it's at thirteen thousand, but in euros it's at like 12.2 so it's funded um way funded but it still has two week two more weeks to go i highly recommend everybody that's listening to this go back that now um where i know we just talked about the previous collector's edition and stuff like that where can people actually go to find that um and uh where the current stuff will be in the future like what what's what's your website and, and links where people can find you okay uh the website it's dimday.red that was the, the website um, um, so there, people have, can find a, a lot more information about the project and its various parts. And uh, there is an e-shop there where they can buy last year's stuff. And this year's stuff, eventually, I uh, expect to, uh, to go there as well. But this year, because last year's stuff uh, were, were created in a, in a smaller, you know, uh, amount of copies. Uh, this year, I'm going for a, a larger um, production, so I'm, I'm gonna um, try and uh, uh, give this to uh, shops and you know other places where people can can buy. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, again, you have, well, not a five-year plan. You're hoping to get it out sooner than that. But, I mean, obviously, the Kickstarter is still kickstarting. People are loving the project. And I can only ex expect as it keeps getting more and more and more stuff for it, that'll just keep getting bigger and bigger. Because, I mean, again, we've said this numerous times, but the the obvious, like, extreme amount of thought, care, and design that has gone into literally every single aspect down to, like, the seals, the envelopes, like, every aspect of it, 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 it shines so hard. Yeah, and it, it, it's such a... There's not anything that you can look at on this project where that doesn't come through, and it's really... It just makes you want it. It makes you want to have it in your hands and play the game, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's um, a thing that... I'm, I'm trying also to do about the story, you know, because the, the visual and the presentation, okay, as I said before, it, it would be, you know, it would be something like that. 
but uh, the story, and because I haven't been a writer all of my life, you know, to have uh, uh, either the audience or the experience on that, I'm trying really consciously to to show the same um, attention to detail as I do to the stuff I, I design. Um, yeah. So when I when I say, okay. Uh, one thing that's very uh, characteristic about uh, newborn and center especially is uh, cables. There are a lot of cables everywhere uh, because there are no electronics anymore. There are no, no airwaves. Uh, so everything that has to be moved from one point to another, uh, either be information or electricity, uh, it has to do uh, with cables. So I, I, when I was uh, thinking about the, the main setting, I knew that I wanted to be full of cables. And uh, why are there no electronics? Because of the solar storms and you know the magnetic fields. But I, I've sit down and read that the, the first thing that gets affected for from solar storms are cables. You know. So then, the, and stuff that uh, ran through them. So that didn't, you know, go very well. Although I'm, I'm not trying to be very scientific, I, I didn't. I don't want to leave stuff like that just to, you know, uh, uh, because I said it. Um, so um, one detail is that um, did the Didrichs have the the monopoly of uh, a specific uh, element they have created that insulates the cables and, uh, um, you know, permits for stuff to keep running in there uh, despite the magnetic fields and all that. So uh, when I when I write something, the first thing I, I'm doing, how, have you seen a, a movie, uh, especially the, the, the more uh, popular ones, uh, the, the blockbusters, when something happens, something, you know, uh, extraordinary, and you say, uh, this couldn't happen because that and that, and you're thinking about that, and you say, doesn't anybody on this whole crew, on this, this whole team of people who made this movie, didn't anybody go and say, no, this wouldn't go very well because that and that. So yeah. I'm trying to do this to myself all the time and say, gotcha. okay, you will have mechas, great. You want to have mechas. How will they move? How will they be yeah. powered? Blah, blah, and all that. Well, because I'll tell you one uh, thing about TTRBG people is you will get people in your comments going, now, well, actually, the cables yeah, yeah. aren't going to work that way. So, yeah, yeah it's good yeah. to, it's good to no, nip that about early. I, I got this in Reddit the other day because I, I posted the map. And I said, okay, this is the vertical slam, blah, 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 and all that. And somebody, of course, and good for them, came and said, okay, what's the structural integrity of this thing? You know, you can go 159 uh, um, meters in the air just with, by putting huts one over the other. And uh, I, many times, I hope I keep doing that, I smile because I've thought of that. And what happens with uh, the Hotsburg slam is that it's it's created on an, an existing high-rise building. So th there was a high-rise there, and then people start building stuff and expanding uh, around it, like you know, like a tumor that uh, expands on, on 
it's something gotcha. that's there. Yeah, so there's already um, a structure that in place to kind of like just tag yeah, onto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when when people tell me stuff like that and I've thought of it, I've, it feels really good because uh, I've thought of that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's good. Mean, again, once again, just the consistency and the and the attention to detail. It's crazy. Um, we're super looking forward to this project. Uh, I'm excited to see all the Thank ones coming after much. this because we know there's at least three more coming after this as well. Um, but Spiros, really appreciate you being here and yeah, thanks for people like you and you these kind of projects are, are are why we do this because getting able to see how great it is, but to hear all of your thoughts behind it and know mm-hmm. that there's like 10 levels deeper to it, it, it's been really great to hear. Yeah, uh, one thing that uh, maybe may be interesting for some people is that one other thing I've been doing with my life, with a lot of years of my life, was uh, I, I've been teaching. Uh, 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 it was something that uh, it interests me since forever to have some kind of information, pass it along to somebody else. Yeah. So I've spent a, a lot of years teaching design, um, but that's something I, I also like to uh, to do now. And what I've done is that I have creating I have created a, a world building uh, workshop where people um, come and, and uh, we discuss about ideas of how to create worlds and why these worlds matter and all that. And I, I also, when I find the chance, uh, like uh, uh, very much to. Um, transmit the experience I've got from working on this project. Because uh, being one guy, which th- this is a one-man uh, you know, thing, one-man band, I, I uh, visualize it. Um, so when other people are thinking of the creating their own games or taking the game to the next level and all that, I'm happy to, you know, uh, share whatever i've gathered so far nice yeah i mean you know the fact that this is the first thing you did and it looks like this clearly you know what you're doing so being able to pass that information to other people would be a good thing but uh but yeah spiros again the project looks fantastic and we really appreciate you being here um for those listening right now thank you very much you you definitely want to go to Kickstarter, back this go to dimday.red and grab the previous stuff while it's still available um this is going to keep coming out and it's going to keep being great. So it'd be a good idea to snag it now, but seriously, Sparrow, thank you so much for being here. Um, all the links will be in the descriptions of everything below. Um, we'll be able to get you to the website, to the Kickstarter, everything. And then everyone that's listening, you know, all of our links at this point. Um, (laughs) so that is going to be the end for us today. Again, thank you so much. And everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.